Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Welcome to Digital Voices. Hey, it's Ed, and I'm so glad that you're with me again. Thank you for listening. I know you have a lot of choices, some great content out there, but only so much time. And the fact that you're listening really means a lot to me. So thank you. And I hope that you'll find this time valuable. I know I always do, especially with amazing guests like my friend, Ben Patel, who's the Chief Information Officer at Cone Health. Ben, welcome to Digital Voices. Thank you very much, Ed. My pleasure. It's great having you. But first, Megan, this is, we're recording, we're right around 185 or so uh, recordings. Have you ever counted how many out of that entire library that you've produced? I haven't counted, but I know I've been on this show for about a year and we drop an episode every week and we have a couple bonus and then we've got a huge backlog. I don't know. I, I'll have to count. I'll, I'll be able to answer that question on the next show. I'll let you know how many I've produced. All right. Well, I, I get the feeling it's about half. Yeah. And I just want to thank you because you're an awesome producer. Thanks. So thank you so much. So Ben and I, Ben, we met, I think maybe 10 years ago, CIO boot camp, one of the coolest things I ever got to do and be part of and participate in like, like you have. And we just had this good relationship uh, ever since then. We just see each other at conferences. Uh, we touch base every once in a while. So I was like, dang, I, I, I would love to have Ben on because I followed you since your arrival at Cone Health, Ben, and, and you just took on that role. I know things were fine when you got there, but you took it to the next level and have done some great things. So that's when we first met and why I'd love to ha having you on my podcast as we talk about some of the, the challenges and opportunities that have uh, occurred there at Cone Health in the last few years. But Ben, the first thing people want to know, what's on your playlist? What kind of music do you like to listen to? <laughs> So my playlist includes songs across different genres, ranging from um, old Bollywood songs, classics to Western pop, um, and especially songs like We Will Rock You from Queen, you know, motiv yeah. motivates me a lot. Yeah, I, I use some Queen music when I race. So uh, one of my favorites is Don't Stop Me Now. So I love, yeah, I love yeah. some of those anthems. They've got great, great music. What about your life message and mantra? Do, is there some sort of words that you live by that help guide you? So I would, I would say, um, keep focused on what needs to be done. You know, never stop learning. And I've learned that embracing chaos and disruption to drive change has always worked for me. Oh, I love that, right? Because a lot of people kind of run from chaos and they want stability, but you don't learn and grow when everything's hunky-dory. So that's really cool. Cool. So Ben, our listeners also want to know a little bit about yourself. Can you share with us, you know, you can go as far back as you'd like, but on a personal and professional level, kind of what's the Ben story? Yeah. No, so I'll, I'll, let me go professional side of the story. So yeah. um, I have uh, been in IT for more than 28 years now. Uh, with uh, experience in multiple industries, with last 20 being in healthcare. And uh, my focus uh, in healthcare has been to enable the delivery of organizational strategies and priorities in partnership with key stakeholders. And uh, 
throughout my healthcare experience, I've been fortunate to work with uh, <clears throat> excellent clinicians, researchers, caregivers in organizations ranging from academic medical centers to community health systems. And this gave me a broad spectrum of insight into challenges and opportunities. And I strongly believe uh, that technology can be leveraged to create you know, possibilities. Um, and on a personal note, <clears throat> I like playing tennis, you know, do watercolor painting and uh, engage in philanthropic work, um, you know, along with uh, community events. Very cool. So watercoloring, how, tell me more about that. Cause <laughs> I would love to have that skill. I can see it, but I can never actually do it. Tell me, how did that come about? So it goes back to high school days. And <clears throat> when I was in high school, my, one of my, uh, teacher, um, you know, saw that I was drawing something on a piece of paper and I was actually drawing his picture and <laughs> he saw that and he thought that I should be a good, you know, cartoonist. And so that's how it started. And so he encouraged me to draw more. And then eventually he said, well, drawing is good. What about, you know, expressing your, your, uh, you know, your thoughts and everything on a, on a piece of canvas. And so, so that's where he brought this big canvas and, you know, uh, put a lot of water on it and said, you know, take up, you know, paint and, uh, you know, and, and, and color and start drawing. So that's how it started. And so it kind of, it helps, you know, me uh, with some more peace and I, I, I'm able to express self. And, and yeah, so that's how it started. And then <clears throat> lately I've been not doing very regularly, but every now and then I do uh, start painting and, and, even in, in the office, I start drawing cartoons on the whiteboard. <clears throat> I, I, I love that. I've always, that's one thing, one skill, talent I never had or worked to develop. And uh, so I'm really jealous because I, I would just love to go out. I like to see scenes, whether it's a, a mountain or something, and I want to <laughs> replicate it. And I just don't have that uh, capability. So that's pretty cool. Hey, tell everyone about Cone Health, a little bit about Cone Health. Yeah, sure. So Code Health is an integrated healthcare network based in uh, Greensboro with more than 13,000 employees. Um, Cone Health has more than 100 locations. Uh, that includes uh, five acute care hospitals, uh, ambulatory care locations, uh, outpatient surgery centers, urgent care centers, retirement communities, and more than 120 physician practices. And then this also include our uh, ACO, <clears throat> uh, which is you know one of the nation's most successful accountable care organization, and a health plan, an MA health plan called uh, Health Team Advantage. And so that's a little bit about uh, you know Cone Health. Yeah, and you know I'm going to do kind of a commercial here, um, Ben, and I'll send you an email and any of our listeners. So you know we wrote this book called Voices of Innovation for the healthcare provider side. It was a bestseller. In fact, the second edition comes out in about four months. And we're writing one now for the payer side. So I'll send you a little advertisement if uh, your organization wants to get involved. But the great thing about it is all the profits go to cure cancer. So uh, for any listeners that are interested as well, you can contact us and we'll get you some more information. But we're really looking forward to the book because it helps the industry as a whole, helps the payer side specifically, uh, but all the money raised goes to cure cancer. So it's kind of cool. Anyways, uh, yeah, Cone House fabulous. As you know, a good friend of mine went out there to become CEO a few years ago. He's since left the organization, but uh, he did a lot of great things, including uh, elevating you to your. I think he's the one who hired you into your role. Or were you ready there? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, he was. He was here when when I was hired. Yeah, so he made a great, great move and great legacy. 
Now I know because you and I have talked, you know, one of the first things you did and smartly so was develop a strategic plan. Can you tell us about that process? Because I know you you did kind of this textbook that you did it the right way, a lot better than what a lot of other organizations do. Can, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I don't know about <laughs> I did it better or not, but I think it all started with, um, you know, the, the first 60 to 90 days of listening and talking to leaders across the healthcare network, including our CEO. And I asked him, what are some of the priorities that I should focus on? And one of the things he talked about was that, hey, we don't have an IT or digital strategic plan. And so I, I took that and I used that as I was listening and, and talking to other leaders in the organizations. And then I, I reviewed our some of the metrics um, from an operation standpoint and performance standpoint and including IT operations, uh, along with reviewing our strategic priorities. So we had a business strategy that I reviewed that uh, at that time, our chief strategy officer worked with him and trying to understand what does that mean? What are some of the tactics and what's our, you know, sort of the future plan? I used that and then did some initial assessment within IT. So I hired, you know, a couple of vendors who helped us assess our maturity and, and within the IT shop, identified, you know, key items that, uh, and gave us a score to get us, you know, from where we are to where we need to be. And then what I did was I identified key IT members from my team who can be then be part of this team to develop, you know, the strategic plan. So we did that and we started off working on it. And one of the things that we we did was we made sure that our strategic plan and the roadmap that we were creating were was not only aligned uh, with the with the strategic objectives and priorities, but also we talked about how do we support. So we developed, you know, a balanced scorecard to measure all the our performance from the scorecard. I mean, the, from the roadmap. At the same time, we talked about how are we going to deliver this? How are we going to execute this? So then we identified two things. One was a governance framework that we will need a good IT governance framework. And then the other thing is we will need some center of excellences. So we'll need some COEs to be able to support and continually improve because roadmap is in a liquid in process. So you want to make sure that, you know, that strategic plan is supported, you know, throughout um, your, uh, you know, IT uh, plans and two of your IT, you know, uh, uh, spend. So that's one of the things I did, and that basically created a version one of the plan. I took the plan to our ELT, you know, for their input and guidance. And then what we did was we also then reviewed with uh, select operational leaders to take their view on what are we missing, what we need to add. And that's how we started. And, and even though our strategic plan was five years, we were focusing on the first two. And that started getting into our um, you know, capital planning, uh, that's how we started, you know, talking to our teams in terms of what is it that we're going to do and how this is going to help them not only uh, have uh, their professional development in it, but how are we going to bring a new technology and kind of support and enable our strategic priorities. Yeah, I love that. And Ben, you're, don't sell yourself short there. That process you just described, that's what I meant by textbook. So that right there was a masterclass in five minutes on strategic planning from Ben Patel. So exactly, you know, doing all the right moves. I just wrote down a whole page of notes already 
just from the listening and the visioning and the metrics and the operations and the clinical side and strategy and the team and alignment with the business strategy and the balanced scorecard and the roadmap and setting up the governance. Some of these things are left out oftentimes like the governance or the fact that you had a five-year plan, but uh, your focus is really one year, two year, and then you included capital planning in that. Uh, It's just really textbook. Now, I know that, uh, as you know, plans are awesome, but life happens. And in the five years that you've been there, you had several huge things happen. So I'm curious how the plan uh, was impacted, you know, how you adjusted, because that's another question people have. Well, you know, stuff happens. So you had a change in CEOs. You had a yes, no merger. So you were going to merge and then you didn't merge. Uh, then something called a pandemic happened. So you've had a lot of different things. How did you sort of keep focus, you know, with the plan? How did you adjust the plan? Those sorts of things. Yeah, I know you're right. And so I think, as you know, we talked about the plan. So I always believe that you need to have a plan. A man with the plan wins. So with that, you know, we always, you know, we had the plan and we continuously, you know, updated the plan as the emerging business requirements came in. So we kind of worked on that. But the focus, you know, we went through the pandemic. We went through, in our case, we went through a merger, no merger side of the story and, you know, change of CEOs. I think I keeping my focus, I kept on what needs to be done. So I was more on the mission side of the story, brand promise. What is it that our organization is trying to serve our patients, our providers, our communities, and how do we use technology to, to continue to disrupt and adapt uh, in delivering all these situations? So I think that's where we focused on. And so pandemic, we focused on virtual care, you know, by, you know, platforms. How do we support, you know, uh, some of the uh, remote patient monitoring side of the story as we were going through the pandemic, contact tracing tools you know, some of the forecasting models for staffing and PPEs and all those things, you know, using remote, you know, RTLS. And then, of course, remote work, you know, how do we support the remote work for virtual desktop collaboration platforms and so forth. So that happened in the, with the new CEO, you know, understanding her objectives, including her business, you know, a strategy uh, in refreshing our roadmap. So a lot of those work with the so bottom line, we focused more on the delivery and how can we continually add incremental value in in uh, in meeting our brand promise or our organizational mission. So that's kept me focused and kept me going, and I think that's what the team did as well. Yeah, no, it sounds sounds right on. And uh, again, why I love having you as a guest because a lot of people can talk theory, which is good. Theory is really good, uh, but you applied theory and uh, actually lived through it, make things happen and still doing great. What about today? So now that we're through some of those big, big challenges that you just mentioned, what are some key initiatives that you all are focused on uh, with digital health? So I think with digital health, um, you know, the whole, we have a whole roadmap, a whole digital blueprint that we created. And so what today, uh, what we are focusing on, um, and as you can imagine, you know, with our current, uh, cost containment side of the story and efficiencies. We're focusing on automation. Um, you know, so we've, we're, we've automated some portion of our contact center. We're working on, uh, you know, workforce automation using RPA and other technologies. And now, um, you know, with talent management, we're working on that. Um, we're working on, um, you know, the data side of the story, the foundation. You know, how do you, how do you create a consumer data platform that brings uh, and aggregates all the data and creates 
a 360 view of, of patient and consumer so that then you can use that holistic view to create personalized medicine. So you can really get, you know, to what is it that they they need and how we how we can provide them, you know, their needs through different care settings uh, based on their profile and preference. So that and then artificial intelligence. If I don't mention that, you know, I, I would I wouldn't be a CIO because <laughs> everybody talks about AI. So I think we're getting into the AI first model now because I think cloud first is yeah. gone. And so I think we are we are AI first, <laughs> and in that you know with the with the with the with the recent progression of GPT, you know we're we're looking at conversational AI. You know how do we use GPT to automate some of the provider documentation, some of the basic stuff, you know like provider matching to inbox, you know messaging to everything. So a lot of those are what we are working on. Robotics. We just started looking at robotics. Uh, how do we uh, use robotics to uh, you know, uh, augment for any low value or commodity task. Uh, and then we're getting into new models of care. Like we're just thinking about launching virtual PCP uh, using technology. So a lot of those, uh, we're, we're already deploying virtual nursing. So a lot of those are our key initiatives. And then of course we have our digital front door initiative. We just launched our uh, consumer app uh, with an Amazon Prime type of a model for wellness. And so we have so far about I would say 4,000 members who have joined and we have trademark called SageWell with where we're basically selling wellness and this app is an extension of that. And so so that's what we're hoping that we will more members and we will provide sort of a one medical for wellness. All right. So I know I'll be having listeners, Ben, who are, you know, you, what you've done with your plan and obviously as a result of that plan and great leadership at Home Health, you're doing all these very, very progressive things in terms of, uh, uh, digital health, they might be sitting there thinking, yeah, but, you know, where I am, we don't have uh, that much investment. We don't have that much vision. We don't have that much, you know, what fill in the blank. What would your advice be to maybe someone younger than yourself in their career who have sort of the vision and things that you do, but might be in a situation where, um, you know, they're, they're, they need to learn how to uh, get more capital investment from the organization or, or talk that, you know, help the organization progress along the digital transformation roadmap like yours have. Any words of advice you might give to a younger uh, CIO or CDO? Well, not sure about the advice, but what I've done is um, I have gone and talked, spoken with the operational leadership and senior executives, you know, when I started and I asked them, you know, what are some of your issues and obstacles? And, and, you know, they'll tell you, for example, that, oh, we, we need something to improve our margin or we really need to, you know, cut waste or, or, or we need to reduce cost or we need to, you know, provide a solution for referral management. So I think that's where I would I, I started and I, I was able to understand what is it that they're trying to do that they cannot. And then I was able to take that back to IT and with the team talk about it and say, hey, guys, you know, how can we solve this? And with that, you know, taking, using that and creating sort of a platform approach that we can then use that whatever solution or, or, or problem solving that we come up with that is then universally can be applied to two other areas. So we, that's what I did. And I, that's some, that's how some of the roadmap items uh, were created. And then we went after that. And so that was my approach. I would suggest, you know, <clears throat> talking to those business, the strategy officers, to the operational leaders, on what issues they have, 
what are their priorities, what are the obstacles, the roadblocks that they have, and convert those into technology solutions and translate that, that would be a good way to get started. And once they believe you, once they see that you can deliver, I believe that that, that will take you from, you know, wherever you are to the next level, I guess. Yes. Excellent advice. I agree. I've had similar situations. They become your allies. They become an extension of, of, of your own leadership. And, and then and it's great for the patient and the clinicians at the end of the day. So really good, good advice. And I love what you said too, Ben. I want to repeat it one more time as you talked about AI first as opposed to cloud first, right? Cloud first. That was cool a few years ago. And we had to be yeah, cloud first. But now that we're sort of there, uh, kind of the next level is, you know, AI. Is there one other thing that you think might be emerging in the next couple of years, like three years, you know, where do you think you're already doing a lot of it already? So it might be a repeat, but anything where you think we're headed with digital in the next uh, two to three years? I think several things, but one thing that comes to mind, Ed, is I believe in the, uh, we're heading is more citizen-led innovation. I think that what we are doing with, with the deployment of, you know, low-cord <clears throat> development platforms and now no-cord, uh, you know, with GPT and all that, and especially when we are all gravitating towards those hyperscalers and how we're using the, that full stack, <clears throat> I think that we are going to, and then our current innovation process, most organizations top down. And I think that has its limitations. I think that what we arrive probably in the next few years is for citizen-led innovation where we can leverage that IT can basically train you know, users and super users in, in areas and be able to empower them with these tools so that they can then develop solutions and automate their work and come up with the new, you know, workflows and new processes and even new uh, models of care that I think is going to be game changing than we're trying to deploy from a top down. So I think that's an opportunity I think the healthcare will see through this tool. I mean, this combination of top down and bottom up. Yeah, I love that concept, but it just makes me sort of smile, Ben, because I think back to our peers, maybe even 10 years ago, um, where some of them were aghast when, when people started showing up with an iPhone or with their app, a Mac, a MacBook, and they're like, oh my gosh. And, and they tried to keep that wave from happening, right? Trying to keep that control. And we use a lot of reasons, some of them valid. Um, you know, security, different things like that to control everything. But I think you're in, and, and I agree with you and you've already done it and I'm, I'm there as well. This concept of citizen led innovation is really quite the opposite. It's like, give them all the tools they need, of course, in a safe, secure environment and let them innovate and go to town. Cause that's where we are as a society. That's where we are with technology today. It's not like it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, exactly. Democratizing technology. Yeah. No, it's, it's right off, but it's just so funny because it's so opposite, you know, the way that uh, people would have spoken about it a few years ago. So let's let's shift to leadership because that's really what we've been talking about uh, the whole time. What was uh, the hardest decision you ever had to make? You know, sometimes people look at CIOs, CDOs, and they're like, you know, they're, they, uh, it's easy for them or whatever. I, I know it's not. What's the hardest decision you've had to make? Well, plenty of hard decisions I had <laughs> I had to make, but I think the most recent one that comes to mind is pulling a plug on an innovative project that the team worked on. Um, and at yeah. the same time, we're emotionally attached. And so when we looked at the overall ROI, the adoption, it didn't look good. 
and I had to you know, to pull the plug and I had to spend time with the team to make them understand, you know, yeah. why the why behind it and, and not to lose the enthusiasm or the drive to take on, you know, disruptive initiatives. So I think that was one uh, instance that I can think of where it was a hard decision for any CIO to, you know, on something that you believe the team worked and you think it's doable, but then for some operational reason, it did not stick well or it didn't or the, um, the change management didn't, was not rightly done. So anyway, so that's one thing that I I think it was a hard decision, but there's so many of these that we, we, we tend to make all the time. Yeah, uh, that is a tough one for a lot of different reasons. A lot of times, like you're pointing out, it's kind of the, the emotional impact and motivational impact. Um, what about, you already gave us some advice, but what about advice you've received? What's like one of the best things that someone ever told you to help you grow in your career? They all is one thing that stick to me was act local and think global. So I think that's one thing that that I even when we do the strategy, you know, you do the strategy, you have the roadmap, but you really have to think local. You know, what is it that yeah. you need to deliver today, and what are your current challenges that you need to overcome and provide the support that's needed. Yeah, that's good. And then people listening will be like, wow, Ben, he, he knows a lot about what's happening as his organization right now. And he also has a pretty big eye to the future. How do you do that? You know, you're a busy person. Um, how do you stay current with everything? Well, so many things. Talking to um, industry leaders like you, you know, talking uh, about, you know, where the technology is going, where do you think things are progressing, you know, uh, subscribing to business and technology journal- journals. You know, we also have some advisory services that we subscribe to. And then, um, you know, networking with colleagues and industry leaders and learning what they have done in other industries and trying to relate it back into healthcare and see how that is relevant to your organization. Um, and so that's that has those. And then, of course, you know, active role in forums and conferences where you can learn what others have done uh, or what others have not done or mistakes that they have made so that you can, you know, learn from. So I think those are some of the things that I, it helps, you know, stay current. Yeah, those are good. And like you pointed out, not only learning what did work for them and how it might apply to healthcare, but also learning from their mistakes so you can avoid doing the same. Uh, that's cool. What about recharging your batteries? And I think you already let us in on it, a little bit of a secret about uh, Ben Patel earlier on the painting, but what do you do to, you know, again, you're super busy, you have great life, great location where you live, you know, how do you recharge your batteries so that you can stay fresh and not, you know, fall victim to um, burnout? So I do some self-care um, and spend time with family, friends, you know, try to, you know, play and get outdoors as much as you can. I'm not sure how much, not more than what you do. Um, but <laughs> I try to try to spend time there, um, you know, do some painting every now and then. Uh, and lately I've, I've um, you know, and then I like to do uh, philanthropic work. So I get involved in that. That helps me recharge my batteries. Uh, but then also lately trying to do some more meditation. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully that's going to be, you know, that helps me remain energized and fresh. Yeah, no, that's really good stuff. Look, Ben, we this has been a fascinating conversation. I love every time we've gotten together because I always, I always like get get so much out of it. I learn so much from you, and we talk about a lot of different things. Um, and what, did we miss anything that you'd like to mention, or any topic you want to double down on? I'll give you the last word. No, I think Ed, we covered a lot, and I think 
um, you know, going forward, anything that I've, I'd like to double down on just talent, talent management. I think that's a key in, in our, at least in our organization. How do you, how do you keep the talent? How do you grow the talent to meet all the demands and needs uh, that we have in IT? So I'd like to double down on people. Yeah, no, that's good. And I'm not surprised. What a, what a perfect answer, Ben, and what a perfect way to end our time together. Again, I just want to thank you uh, for taking the time and, and being with us and sharing all your wonderful insights. Thank you, Ben. Thank you so much. All right, that wraps up Digital Voices. We look forward to being with you on our next drop. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.